All right, good morning, Christ Church. Good to be with you this morning here uh, in the worship room as well as folks out there online. We are so glad that you are uh, with us this morning as well. Uh, I'm Pastor Bob, and the pastor is here uh, on our team, and uh, we're just excited to be continuing uh, in this series uh, under God. And uh, if you haven't been with us for the first two, uh, out of the four-part series. So if you haven't been here for the first two, I encourage you to go online, go to our webpage, uh, watch those. Uh, I think they're impactful, uh, especially in this time, this election season that we're in. Uh, we need to make sure we keep, uh, keep perspective. So go watch those. Uh, but today, uh, we're going to keep moving forward, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, this thing called uh, indivisible, right? Uh, One Nation Under God, indivisible. Uh, and kind of quick summary, what we've been doing here in week one, kind of the kernel for week one is, hey, uh, relax, no matter who's elected, God is still God, uh, and God is still in charge. That was a good word that I think we needed, is, hey, relax, uh, because God is still God, uh, God is still in charge, uh, no matter who uh, sits in the Oval Office. And then last week, uh, we kind of built on that a little bit and said, hey, uh, Christians make a nation great, right? Christians make a nation Christian. Uh, as they share Jesus with other people. And so the most important thing we can do in this election season is uh, just share our faith with other people in the midst of all the dialogue and the conversation uh, that's going on. Today we continue with uh, One Nation Under God, uh, Indivisible. Can we all kind of agree, I think it's pretty obvious, but can we all kind of agree that right now our nation is pretty divided? Uh, got an amen on that one, right? <laughs> Our nation is uh, really incredibly uh, uh, divided right now. And uh, I have a prophecy for you. I don't do a lot of prophesying, but I've got a prophecy that I think is pretty safe on this one. And that is what we're, we're nine days away uh, from Election Day, right? Uh, which means there's going to be day 10, right? The day after the election. And uh, here's my, my prophetic word. You ready? I predict on day 10 will still be divided. Yeah? Right? I mean, some people are going to be on day 10 going, oh my God, I can't believe, Lord, I can't believe that person for four years. This is going to be absolutely unbearable. Right? And there's going to be other people going, yes, praise the Lord, my guy is in the office. Right? And there's going to be other people going, is it over? Right? On day 10, we're still going to be divided. And that means day 10 is still an opportunity for we who are the church to teach a nation what it means to be indivisible. It's really fascinating, this word indivisible. It means unable to be divided or separated. Unable. Key word, unable, impossible, unable to be divided or separated. And yet all of us right now, in just these last minutes, agreed that right now our nation is incredibly divided. And what that means is for Christ followers, for we who follow Jesus, this is an incredible opportunity right now for us to teach the nation what indivisibility looks like. And that is exactly what Jesus prayed for. 
In John 17, Jesus offers up a prayer, and he prays for you and I. He says, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Is he praying for you? Absolutely, if you're a Christ follower. He is praying for you. Now, you need to know when this happens. This is in the Gospel of John. Remember, Gospels are firsthand accounts of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, right? They're writing it down, the story of Jesus' life, his words, his death, and his resurrection. This happens in the Gospel of John in the 17th chapter. What's important is what happens in the 18th chapter. In the 18th chapter, Jesus is betrayed and arrested. That means what he does here in this 17th chapter, this is the last thing he does in his ministry. This is the final step, the last thing he does before he's betrayed and arrested is he gets on his knees and he prays to the Father and he prays for you. He prays for Christ followers like us. He prays for this time, for this experience, for this age, for this time when this nation is absolutely so divided. He prays for us. What does he pray about? He prays that you and I as Christ followers will understand that we can be united believers and as united believers, we are the necessary witness that takes place in a divided world. That in a nation that is so divided right now, we are the ones that carry a message that says, wait a minute, you can rise above that division. Wait a minute, there is a better way to live your life. It's not to be angry and debating and confused and frustrated or depressed with the situation. You can rise above all of this and live a united, purpose-driven, purpose-focused kind of life. Jesus gets on his knees and he prays that you and I will understand how important this time is for us as a church and as Christ followers, that we can show the world what it means to be indivisible. It's exactly what he prays for. He says, I pray that they, Christ followers, the church, right? I pray that they will all be, what's the word? One, right? That will be one. Now, be careful, right? Unity doesn't mean conformity, right? Unity doesn't mean conformity. It doesn't mean that all of us here have to vote the same way. We all have to vote. We all ought to vote. We ought to be out there busy and involved in the political world, absolutely. But unity doesn't mean conformity. Because we can disagree with one another about the things of this world because we're united about the most important things. The kingdom of heaven loose in this world. That's what he says. He says, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me. That while all this confusion and all this debate and all this division takes place, we can rise above that because we are one, even if we disagree politically, we are one in Jesus Christ. We are one in the mission and the cause and the purpose of Jesus loose in the world through us. The nation may be divided, but we rise above and stay indivisibly united in the cause. Jesus says, I have given them the glory you gave me so they, not somebody else, they may be one as we are one. Isn't that fascinating? I have given them the glory 
you gave me. When's the last time, Christ follower, you looked in the mirror after you got done brushing your teeth and said, hey, see a little glory going on there? <laughs> done that lately? He's saying you can. He's saying that's what he put into you. Right? He put something higher than this world, something not of this world. He put something beyond this world into you so that that glory would shine itself out into a divided and broken world. Our nation right now needs us, Christ followers, church. It needs us to start showing some glory in the midst of the division and teach the world what's really important and how to be united he says, they may be one as we are one. You tell me, how close were the Father and Jesus in their oneness? He's saying, that's how close we can be. That's how close we can be with Jesus and with one another. And when we get that close, when we stay that close, when we don't let the divisions of this world divide us, then we change the world. I am in them and you are in me. May they, may they experience such perfect unity. Notice that, what kind of unity? Not average, not just okay. Perfect unity. That the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. See, this is an incredible opportunity for our witness into the world to say, wait a minute. There is a unity that we can experience together that goes beyond the politics of this world. Now this is incredibly important for us because it helps change our perspective on how we look at and how we view one another. You see, we need to understand that as we go through this division in our nation, there are forces at work and those forces aren't Republican forces or Democratic forces. There is an evil one at work, and the evil one loves division, thrives on division, right? Our enemy is the evil one and not those who disagree with us. So you Republicans out there, Democrats are not your enemies. You Democrats out there, Republicans are not your enemies. Libertarians out there or Green Party or whatever party you're part of, all those other folks, they're not your enemies. You know what they are? They are people for whom Jesus gave up his life. That's who they are. They are people for whom Jesus died that they could live. They are not our enemies. But there is an enemy. And that enemy is actively at work. And that enemy thrives on our division. Scripture says we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of an unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. You see, there is a battle underway, and it's a, not a battle about who gets elected into the Oval Office. The battle is about who owns the world, God and his people or the powers of darkness. The battle is over the heart and the eternity of somebody else who is far away from Christ right now. That's the battle. 
And the evil one, the evil one in scripture is described as a thief. And the goal of the thief is to what? To steal, kill, and destroy. To steal, kill, and destroy what? Our unity. If we let the division of our nation creep into our relationships as Christ followers together, the evil one wins. Because we become absolutely ineffective for the cause of Jesus. And we betray the opportunity to display glory and show the world unity. This is our opportunity to rise above the division and show the world what love and unity truly looks like. So the Apostle Paul, Pastor Paul says, listen, may God who gives this patience and encouragement, you may need some patience and encouragement to do this, right? But this is what we're called to do and we can do. In that patience and encouragement, let him help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for the followers of Christ Jesus. What's fitting for us if you're a Christ follower? To figure out harmony. To be able to live into and live out of the, the oneness. He says, then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We can join in what's most important in this world. To let that glory show through us and be able to stay on mission in the midst of the division to help somebody else understand God's love for them is indivisible. Okay, so how do we do this? Well, we start out by just simply understanding that an indivisible church values each other. That we just simply value each other. That we understand that most important is that we see each other first and foremost as a brother or sister in Christ. That we don't see each other as red or we don't see each other as blue. We see each other as a valuable brother or sister in Christ who is incredibly gifted for the purposes of the kingdom. Scripture says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function. So if you're a Christ follower out there, you need to understand you are incredibly valuable and important. You are incredibly valuable and important to the cause of Jesus Christ in this world, especially now when our nation is so divided. You are especially valuable in the gifts that the Holy Spirit has poured into you because those gifts are absolutely necessary for us to accomplish the mission of Christ in this world. We need you, Christ Church. We need you to step forward in those gifts. We need you to get busy and active in the ministry of this church in the variety of ways you can serve because that's how we impact the world. That's how we show the world that we live above the division. We are incredibly important. Why? Because this body is Christ's body and we're many parts of one body and we all belong to Jesus. Is that what he said? No, what do you say? We all belong to each other. Isn't that interesting? I mean, wouldn't you expect him to say, well, wait, it's my body, so therefore you all belong to Jesus. And we'd sit back and say, that feels good. That's really comfortable. But he says, no, you all belong to each other. That we are an expression of Christ, not only in this world, but in each other's life. And therefore, 
we value each other. How important are you to Jesus? You are worth his life. If you're worth his life, you should be worth that to me too. We look beyond the division of this world and we look and see only brothers and sisters in Christ. An indivisible church, an indivisible church is a church who knows who you are for. Right? We rise above the division in our nation right now because we know who we're for. You ready to write something down? Remember this one. You ready? Write it down. It's not about who you vote for. It's about who you live for. Did you hear that? It's not about who you vote for. That's important. Go vote, absolutely. Participate in the political dialogue. We need Christians serving in government. Absolutely hear that loud and clear. But ultimately, it's not who you vote for. It is who you live for. Who you spend your life for. Who you sacrifice for. Who you show glory for then all of you can join together with one voice, yeah, to do what? Give praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what I'm really looking forward to? On day 10, right, the, what, election's on Tuesday, that means day 10 is on Wednesday, that means it's not going to be too long before it's going to be Sunday again. Can you imagine how great it's going to be on the Sunday after the election, together, here together, and just give God some praise? If nothing else, to give God some praise, it's over. Anybody ready for it to be over? <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, we're all kind of there, right? But just to get together and in one voice say, hey, God, you are still in charge and you still rule the world and you, you, there is no one like you. And we trust you beyond the division. And we know we have a mission to accomplish and that is to love one another first and foremost. Now there's some things that go with that. Paul makes an appeal to Christ followers. I want to make an appeal to you today. Here's Paul's appeal. He says, now I make, I make one more appeal, my dear brothers and sisters. Watch out for people who cause division and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you've been taught. Stay away from them. Here's my appeal. First step. When the election's over, stop getting involved in all the political woes after the election. Don't let somebody relitigate re the election in your conversation. It's over. Move on. There's more important things for us to do as Christ followers. So don't go back. Don't relitigate. Don't get back into the whole political conversation of the woe is me. Just move on, right? Such people are not serving Christ our Lord, they're serving their own personal interests. We serve Christ's interests, so move on. Next part of the appeal, the appeal is uh, in the book of Revelation, the Gospel of John. John, the writer of the Gospel of John, also wrote the book of Revelations. He, he writes to a church and he says, listen, you got caught up in the world, you need to get back to your first love. He says, but I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. And the footnote, your first love. We need to get back to our first love. We need to move on and just get back to the mission. What does that look like? 
If your guy wins, don't gloat. Don't leave the sign out in your front yard for a month, okay? Yank it out of there. It's over. Move on. If your guy loses, don't quarantine yourself in your basement. Don't draw, withdraw. Don't exit from the world. Don't threaten to move to Canada, right? Move on. It's over. But we got work to do. We're fighting powers of darkness, not political battle, powers of darkness for the sake of the eternity of your neighbors and your friends who are far away from Jesus. We got more important stuff to do. Move on. Is he a church that understands what it means to be indivisible? A Christ follower? that understands what it means to be indivisible, rises above the division, moves forward in the cause, and loves without distinction. Love without distinction. See, when this is all over, we're no longer red or we're no longer blue, we are God's people, brothers and sisters in Christ, and we love one another without distinction. And those that don't know Jesus yet, they are people that we need to talk to, impact, and sacrifice for. Love without distinction. Jesus had a guy come up to him and said, hey, Rabbi, now you really are smart and you really teach some great stuff. So, so listen, we know the commandments. Tell me, which of the commandments is the most important? Tell me so I, so I can do it. I just want to know what's the most important thing for me to know relative to the commandments. Jesus replies to them, listen, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Who are you supposed to love? The Lord your God, not your political candidate. The Lord your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. He said, this is the first and the most important. This is the greatest of the commandment. And the second one is what? Equally important. This is just as important as loving God. What is it? Love your neighbor as yourself. Love without distinction. When this is all over, we rise above the division as Christ followers and we just keep loving people. We don't see people as red or blue or how they voted or whether they didn't vote or any of the political. We just love without distinction. Jesus says that's the most important thing. The entire law, all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. This is the most important. Loving without distinction. He would go so far as to say, not only are they the most important, but I'm going to give you a new commandment. In case you're confused, in case you didn't hear it, in case you don't understand it, Christ follower, listen, if you follow me, I'm going to give you a new commandment so you don't miss it, okay? Here's my new commandment. Love each other. Simple enough. Clear enough. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other other. Here's a question. How did Jesus love? Sacrifice? Thinking about you more than he thought about himself? 
willing to lay it all on the line, willing to look past your faults, your failures, your spots, and your wrinkles, forgive, and love you anyway? How did Jesus love? And if that's the way he loved, how does he expect you to love? Even those who disagree with you politically. Why is it so important? Because it's through that love that we're going to prove and show the glory of Christ in our lives. He says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Our nation is incredibly divided right now, and it will be divided when election day is over. It is our opportunity, church. It's our opportunity to show the world how to love indivisibly, to show the world how to forgive without distinction, to show the world what it means to rise above the division and to live a life worth something more than just this world. If you don't know Jesus today, if you're in the room and, and you just haven't come to grips with him yet in your life, I want to tell you he is absolutely, totally committed to you. He is absolutely, totally committed, indivisibly committed in his love for you. And he will forgive anything in your past and create a new future for you. He will lift you above the turmoil in your life. He will lift you above the division in your life. And he will lead you into a future that he has in store for you. He will share his glory into your life. You need to know he is absolutely, indivisibly committed to you into your life. Through that love, we can be equally committed to a divided world. A church, a people, indivisible in our love for one another. Let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, praying for us. Uh, we need it, especially in this time of uh, such division and turmoil. Uh, in our world. Uh, we need you to work in our hearts and in our lives and to elevate us, to lift us up beyond the division so that we can uh, share your glory, so that we can show you to others, so that we can love without distinction and live for you. Boy, this is a challenging time, but it is a great time of opportunity for your people. So help us to not only enter into those caring and responsible conversations around the politics of our day, but help us to even use those conversations to show the kind of love that you showed each one of us. Help us to enter into with compassion and caring and kindness and that others will see through us your incredible, indivisible love for everyone. Lord, we commit ourselves to this. We pray that you would use us for your glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen.